through through church ministry have come some of our biggest blessings, our greatest joys, some of our closest friendships. And the church has also been the source of some of our greatest hurts and our biggest pains and our biggest wounds. And sadly, and I would say this to any ministry wife um, who whose spouse is considering ministry. Sadly, that is something you're not going to be able to get away out, away from. It's just like a family unit, right? Mm-hmm. That's how a family functions. Some of our greatest joys and, um, you know, greatest excitements are going to come from our family. And sometimes our hardest days and our biggest wounds come from our family. You are listening to the Grand Prairie Alliance Church Women's Podcast, where our aim is to encourage, edify, and equip you as you grow in your faith. May we be salt and light in this dark, mixed-up world. Welcome to GPAC Women's Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Grand Prairie Alliance Church Women's Podcast. Uh, yeah, we're so happy you're here with us. And today I have Bobby Barkman in to talk about the topic of leadership and kind of even expectation and relationship. So thank you so much for coming on, Bobby. I'm so excited to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. So let's open with, yeah, telling us a bit about yourself. Where were you born? So I was born in Whitecourt, so just a few hours away from here. Uh, my mom's side of the family has farmed there for many generations. And so that's where I was initially born and grew up. Um, I'm the oldest of three. There's three of us. There's myself and then my sister and I have a younger brother as well. And I was only 11 years old when we moved here to Grand Prairie for my dad's work. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Would you consider Grand Prairie your home now? That's, yes. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a home now. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your family. So we, um, like I said, I'm the oldest of three kids. I was born into, yeah, a very loving, caring home. Um, still have a great relationship with my parents and my siblings. Uh, when we moved here, it was because my dad worked in the oil field, so we had to move here for that. And my mom was, for most of my life, a stay-at-home mom um, and, you know, always raised us to love Jesus and went mm. to church and whatnot. That was a regular part of our routine. And when we moved here, um, then I got into my teen years and I got really connected to the youth group here at Grand Prairie Alliance Church. And yeah, so this has kind of been my home church for a long time. So mm, That's amazing. Deep roots. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone can say that. That's awesome. Um, this is just kind of a random aside, but I love finding out what did you want to be when you were a little girl growing up? What were your aspirations? Oh. What did I want to be? I don't know. I was a, I mean, I was a pretty busy child. Um, I was always outgoing. I loved, loved, loved playing outside. I uh, I mean, all sorts of different things. I loved socializing and all my little friends. And um, so I think, though, my biggest or greatest desire was definitely like to grow up and get married and be a mom. I didn't necessarily have a career in mind, but I definitely had the role in mind of wanting to be a wife and mother. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Okay. So how did you meet your husband? All right. I'm, uh, so I met Caleb at Pier BI, so at Bible College. And so when we, we were both students there, he did go one year prior to myself and then, um, so when I was 18 and went to Pier BI, he was in his second year and I was just starting my first year. Mm, okay. So what were your initial feelings when you found out that he wanted to be a pastor? Because when you're dating, did you know he was going to be going down that route? Um, you know, because we were both at 
Pure BI and he had uh, registered for the four-year program, um, I definitely knew that um, that maybe being a pastor was on the, his radar. Um, we had definitely talked about the fact that he wanted to be a youth pastor. So my husband, his dad was a pastor for Caleb's whole life growing up. Um, and so he sometimes had reservations about being a pastor and he would sometimes joke, I, I never want to be a pastor. You know, I saw everything my dad went through. And then we were, when we were dating, I would kind of joke because I was like, you know, we're at Bible school, right? And you know that you're taking a degree to get a bachelor of biblical studies, right? So I, th I think I actually foresaw it before Caleb did. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so I definitely wasn't surprised when, um, when he chose to go into ministry, but I knew that he wanted to do youth ministry right away. So when we were dating, um, that was something we had sort of talked about. And then when we got married, he actually had one more year of school to do. So we returned to PRBI as married students. And it was in that final year of school that he did get a job offer from this church, the Grand mm. Prairie Alliance Church. Um, and he got invited to come on as the assistant youth pastor when, once he graduated. And um, I definitely had a lot of feelings, but it was mostly excitement. I mean, the um, the person who offered him the job was my old youth pastor. So we had a, I had a really good relationship um, with him and his wife and their kids. And this was my home church. And now my husband was going to have a job at my home church. And I was really excited about that. Mm. So. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad it was excitement. It yeah. could have been a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think um because I think because I did not come from a pastor's home, it was just excitement. Whereas for my husband who grew up in a pastor's home, it was he's the one that had the mixed feelings, not mm. so much myself. Yeah. So. He had the inside yeah. scoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh did the idea of a being a pastor's wife, once it really set in, did it bring any other feelings other than excitement? Um, no, not, not initially. I mean, I'm a pretty outgoing person. I like adventure. I like change and whatnot. So I was just, I was gung ho. I, mind you, we, we were young, married college students. I mean, I was 20 when we got married, 21 when he started the job here at the church. And so we were kind of like at the beginning of our life and I was just like, yeah, let's go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's do this. So. Um, so we had a listener actually reach out and mm -hmm. she is a pastor's wife at a different congregation. Mm -hmm. And she has explained that she's kind of been feeling a gap between um, her family and her and her husband and maybe the congregation. And from my understanding, it sounds like the gap isn't something she wants. She's mm -hmm. not the one uh, creating it. Um, there's obviously lots of factors that play into this gap. I'm not sure of all of them. Have you mm -hmm. ever felt a distance like that, like this listener's explaining? Yeah, I have. I have at times. I think that it really depends probably on the size of the congregation, um, the size of the staff, you know, how many are on staff at church, because your, um, your connection with people is going to vary from church to church and also from personality to personality, right? So I find, um, I can only speak, I guess, from my personal experience, and I don't know, um, I don't know this person's story or what church they're at, and that's okay. But for example, at the here at the Alliance Church, we're such a big church, like number-wise, and um, the congregation body is quite large. So I definitely don't know everybody in this congregation. I'm not connected to everybody. And there's been, you know, um, groups of people or individuals that we have really connected with and grown close with, but there's also still people that there is definitely a huge gap where we're not that close to them or we don't know them that well. Um, and then in in smaller churches, I know when we have uh, walked alongside other people in ministry who work at smaller churches, um, sometimes 
there can be pros that come from a small church, like maybe the pastor and his spouse do get to know everyone, but then there can also be the cons, as in if you don't connect well with them, if they, if, if you just don't maybe get along or whatnot, then I think that, yeah, that could feel, that gap could feel pretty big. You could feel pretty isolated and lonely if you don't have, have those close friends, mm-hmm. you know, at your church, in their congregations. So. Thanks for saying that. That's really insightful. Um, would you have any advice for this listener who's saying that she's feeling this? Obviously, it's hard because you can't ask any clarifying questions. I, I guess if I had any advice, it would just be to encourage her that, you know, we are only responsible for, for our own actions. And I think if she is maybe um, still trying to reach out, be intentional, um, maybe connect with other women, maybe that looks like, you know, inviting them over for a meal or not. Um, and not everyone's gift is hospitality. And I understand that maybe it's just um, trying to connect at a ladies' Bible study then or go for coffee. Um, I think that there are many people um, in a congregation that maybe do sometimes hold a pastor and his wife at arm's length because they feel like, oh, maybe, you know, I won't be able to relate to them or they're just so, um, uh, some people may perceive us to be so holier than thou, right? And, I'm not, and that's not true, but I can understand that. I understand that there are um, assumptions that people have. So I think sometimes if people, if their life is a little bit of a mess, if there's sin and pain and wounds, just like a pastor's family, but if that's in their own life, I think sometimes they can feel intimidated mm. to connect with the the leadership of their church. And so um, if that if that is the situation that this lady has at all, I think the only thing she can be doing is be, you know, praying for her congregation, still trying to find points that she can reach out and connect with people and to understand that, um, you know, she's not responsible for how they respond. Mm. All she can do is simply try and reach out and make an effort to do that. So. That's so true. Um, yeah, I think it's a very normal thing. I know even for myself to put people on pedestals, right? Like mm. um, it's so, it's just a, such a natural human thing that we do. Right. And yeah, it's so encouraging to me to hear you say like, uh, our family is no different than <laughs> their families. Definitely. And yeah. yeah, I don't know why, but sometimes we just need to hear that because yeah, we just, we don't even sometimes realize we put people on those pedestals. Mm-hmm. So how can we intentionally let go of other people's unhealthy or unrealistic expectations. So they have thought too much about or expected too much from us or whatever. The mm. standard or the bar is not where it should be. Right. I think that one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn in our ministry years, um, and so for our situation, um, Caleb has been on uh, pastoral staff here at our church for 15 years. And I've had to learn that it's not the people's opinion in our congregation matter that matters, but rather what is, you know, what is God's opinion of us? What is Christ's opinion of me? Um, has he called my husband to ministry? Yes. Do we need to serve faithfully the best way that we can? Yes. But in the midst of doing that, are we always going to meet people's expectations? No. <laughs> are we going to disappoint people? Yes. Are we going to make mistakes? Yes. Um, and, you know, we have to recognize that, take ownership of that, you know, repent and move on. And then there's also going to be times where we are doing what God has called us. We are walking faithfully and people still won't always see eye to eye with us or still won't be satisfied. So I've personally, I've really had to um, just work hard certain days at being content in 
Christ and my identity in him and our family's identity in him and our, our marriage and not always, you know, care so much what other people um, think of us. I don't think that just applies to ministry either. That's in any relationship, any line of work, right? Is just genuinely, um, yeah, being solid in our identity of Christ and not letting other people's, you know, opinions or their let down expectations rock our world so much, right? Mm -hmm. That's so easy to do. No, sorry. It is so easy to do the other way to Mm -hmm. people, please. And yeah, thank you for saying it that way. I, I will say that when it comes to working in a church and ministry life that we we learned early on in our ministry years um, that there was going to be both like the good and the bad. And what I mean by that is through through church ministry have come some of our biggest blessings, our greatest joy, some of our closest friendships. And the church has also been the source of some of our greatest hurts and our biggest pains and our, um, you know, biggest wounds. And Sadly, and I would say this to any ministry wife um, who whose spouse is considering ministry. Sadly, that is something you're not going to be able to get away out, away from. It's just like a family unit, right? Mm-hmm. That's how a family functions. Some of our greatest joys and um, you know greatest excitements are going to come from our family, and sometimes our hardest days and our biggest wounds come from our family. Whether that be the family that you're born into, or um, it's for example, in my family, Kilb and I, we have four beautiful children, and I love the life that God has given us and created for us. But that's also been you know, part of our journey, some of the greatest joys and the greatest hardships. Mm-hmm. So the same would be true of, of um, God's family. Mm-hmm. So. so if um, someone is still putting in that effort, whether it be uh, a pastor's wife or anyone in ministry, and they're still feeling that gap, what would your next advice be to them? Um, you know, it, in that situation, I would, I would say that if God is still genuinely calling you um, you know, to ministry in that place, that that would be the point where perseverance comes in then. Um, <clears throat> and I can say like for my, for my personal experience in our ministry, um, you know, I do, I do love our church. I genuinely love the people here and I love being part of God's family, but there have been dry seasons of ministry where I did feel that gap that, that this listener was talking about, where I didn't feel um, connected to our the people in our church where I didn't feel close to them. Um, some of it came following like some wounds or hurts. Right. Um, and so I had, I had walls up and um, I'm not saying that's what this lady is going through, but I'm just using my personal example as a testament to, um, the fact that I had to make a conscious decision to persevere. And in those dry seasons of ministry, there were definitely days where I was packing up my kids on a Sunday morning. Uh, Caleb was already here. He has to come a lot earlier than I do. Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't work at the church. I'm not, I don't have to be there. I'm not paid to be there. I could so easily just stay home today because <laughs> I really did not feel like facing people at, at church um, in this particular season of our life. And I was, that's more a reflection of myself and my heart. I was definitely had some wounds and I was, I was angry um, at some people at the church. I didn't necessarily agree. Um, I mean, I'm going out on a limb here and even saying that as a pastor's family, it is possible that you can sometimes not always agree with everything um, and every decision that's being made um, in the church, right? Um, And 
So I had to make a very conscious effort to be like, no, you know what, this is still, this is where God has called us. I am going to persevere. Um, and it was, and it was absolutely an act of obedience to, to Jesus of just being like, okay, Lord, I don't, you know, my heart and you know, I'm struggling and I don't feel like being here, but I just put one foot in front of the other each, you know, each week, week after week after week. And I still made the decision to go, um, and to do my best to, to serve and to love. Um, and I didn't always feel it, but again, we can't make decisions based on our feelings. And eventually, you know, God softened my heart and eventually the love came back. The connection came back, the, you know, the feeling, feeling like I was a part of this, this body of believers, you know, came back and, but I really had to, yeah, make the conscious effort to, to be there even when I didn't feel like it. Um, and I don't think that just applies to a ministry spouse. I think that's even any family that has chosen to attend a church and be a part of the body of believers. You know, there's going to be a time in our church life where we have to persevere, where God's going to ask us not to give up when it gets hard, not to just throw in the towel. Um, and you have to use a lot of discernment, I think, as a, as a believer to know when is it, though, that he is simply just calling us to something different? You know, I, I do want to encourage listeners, we do have to walk in obedience to God's calling. If he does have a, you know, he's maybe moving us to a different church because he has a different plan or a different journey. Um, but we definitely need discernment from the Holy Spirit on when is it time to do that and when is it time to press on in faith. So That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I realize that you're sharing from your own experience but I'm hoping that you will share with us what a healthy relationship looks like with those who admire and allow us to shepherd them. Uh, what do you think the relationship between leadership and members is supposed to look like? What it's supposed to look like? Well, <laughs> I, you know, when I was looking at that question, I, I, I prayed and I was like, well, Lord, like, it doesn't really matter what I think it looks like. Well, what it should look like. Um, what do you want it to look like, Lord? And um, then he brought me to Romans 12. Do you mind if I just read that? Please should do. Just read so um, in the book of Romans, when, um, obviously Paul wrote this to the Romans, um, in chapter 12, verse 9, I'll just read this section here. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. To be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Um, there is the next section, but I want to um, jump a few verses down to verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Mm. That has kind of been um, mine and Caleb's like um, uh, anthem anthem verse that we have kind of chosen in our ministry walk. Um, just you know, reading that, praying that together over and over, and always ending on that one note where the verse says, "And as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody." And that's going to look different in in situations in ministry. There have been seasons of ministry where we have. Um, you know, where we have connected great with people in our congregation, where we have been close friends, we've lived in harmony with them, they have blessed us, and we've tried to, you know, bless them in return. Um, and then there's also been seasons in ministry where people didn't like Caleb and I, or, or still don't like <laughs> Caleb and I, or maybe the people, um, 
who serve alongside my husband or in his ministry area haven't agreed with his decisions that he's made. Um, and they, you know, struggle with that or make that known. Um, so it definitely, yeah, we've definitely experienced both where we've had this, this Romans 12, um, scenario where we have, you know, felt at, at peace with people and had that loving relationship with them. And then there has been conflict in the church. And sometimes it has been because someone's expectations of us were unrealistic and we couldn't, um, be who they wanted us to be or serve in the way, or, or they simply, I didn't agree with a ministry decision. Um, and then there's been other times where it's been because we have made mistakes. I mean, Kilba and I aren't perfect. <laughs> We're human and we have disappointed people. We have let people down. Um, and we know that. And, um, you know, we've been able to at times, you know, try and, um, reconcile. Um, and that's looked different in each situation, but yeah. Just like walking in that humility of like, yep, we're, we're learning as we go. Yeah. And the, the heart of the issue of like, but we love the Lord, like scripture is at the center of what we believe. Mm -hmm. And we're pursuing that as best as we can. Yes. Yeah. As best as we can. And, um, and you know that the, everyone's best, I think, looks different in ministry when you're, um, when you're a spouse and you are serving in a church ministry, um, I think I would just encourage listeners to remember that a pastor and his his spouse and family, um, wh whether it's a he or she, a pastor and their spouse and family are they're going to go through life's trials as well, right? We are just we are just human. We do have, um, you know, we do have we are sinners <laughs> just like the rest of our congregation who are also saved by grace and love Jesus as well, and we're excited to serve Him. But um, I guess what I'm getting at is that. I think in any career, not just a ministry career, but any career, anytime somebody is serving us, I think we just have to remember that they do have limitations, right? That we do have, um, you know, good seasons and hard seasons. And I think of it as, especially being, um, being I'm the one who's not in the paid position of ministry, I'm a support person. I recognize that, um, that my, you know, my husband is employed by the church, um, and I'm not. So my time and my commitment and my connection to people is is volunteer and it's relational, right? This is this is my church. This is my church family. But um, just like in any job, I think we need to remember that the spouse, who's the support person, perhaps they have a job, right, outside of ministry, or maybe they do have a family. Maybe you're in the baby stage or the young child stage, or maybe they have teenagers, and so they're you know, their attention is also going to be elsewhere. Um, and I know that being a ministry wife, um, I do want to serve and love our congregation well, but God has first and foremost given me a family, um, you know, that I need to share Jesus with and that I need to raise and spend time with and love on. Um, and so the balance can sometimes be tricky of what does my volunteer role look like um, and on the home front and if I have a job outside of church or whatnot, and then what does the church role ministry look like for us, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So good. Uh, lastly, can you share a time with us when you were encouraged and loved on by your church, just for an example for us of like what we just had just asked about um, what is it supposed to look like, right? <laughs> <laughs> what is it supposed to look like? Well, I, I mean, I can answer that question that yes, absolutely. We have um, 
been definitely encouraged and loved on and blessed by this congregation at GPAC. Um, and some of the the most like tangible ways I guess I could share with you would be um, we have had some of our, our closest friendships have been made through this church, people that love on us and pray for us and love on our kids. And, you know, I have four kids who are, um, who love coming to church and they're involved in the children's program and youth program and they love their Sunday school leaders and their youth pastor and youth leaders. And so having all of those people build into both us and our, our children's lives has been um, amazing. We're so grateful to the Lord for that. Um, and another very tangible way has been over the 15 years um, that my husband's worked at this church, we've definitely had needs. We've had financial needs and spiritual needs and physical needs. And sometimes God has just prompted the, in the, the heart of someone to bless us in a way that we didn't even ask them to or um, you know, um, a lot of the people who have stepped up and helped us um, really had no way of knowing our great need apart from the Holy Spirit, like mm-hmm. prompting them and putting it on their heart. And um, one example being when we were um, we were living in a rental place and wanted to purchase a home, like wanted to buy a home, but we didn't have enough down payment saved up for a, a mortgage yet. And people at church just took upon themselves, all right, we're going to help you buy your house. And people would, um, there was a couple instances um, at a Sunday service where after church someone would walk up to us and hand us a check, be like, here, this is to help with your down payment. (laughs) And we were just like um, flabbergasted like that. I mean, I'm very thankful. That was never something we asked for or expected from our church congregation. Um, There was one year when um, the vehicle, my husband had like an old beater truck and it was giving us problems and breaking down and he was trying to fix it. And there was one family in our church who had offered that because it was um, it was winter, it was cold. They had offered you could come to our house and use our garage because we didn't have a, a home with a garage at the time. And so Caleb and this, this man from our church um, would he would come and work alongside Caleb and was trying to like help fix our vehicle. They spent a few days working on the different mechanic problems. They got it up and running and then it was still giving us problems. And so then the following week, um, they call us up and they say, yeah, the Lord's put it on our heart to purchase you a new vehicle. <laughs> so they took us to the dealership, paid for our vehicle in full and, and just blessed us immensely that way. And it's been the nicest, most reliable vehicle I've ever had. And it's not because we deserved it or that we even had the money to buy it, but just people who saw a need and went above and beyond to help us out. And I mean, those are different blessings that we never would have probably experienced if we weren't a part of a part of God's family. Mm-hmm. So mm, thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. Yeah. And thank <laughs> so you so much for coming in today. And yeah, I think it's a conversation that it needs to be had many of times because yeah, it's so easy to, I don't know, put so much on the shoulders of any form of leadership. Mm. And um, just a few weeks ago at church, we had an amazing sermon where I just, it just spoke to me anyway, about how like, this is all of our church. We all have a role and a responsibility Mm -hmm. and yeah, just that's so good because it shouldn't just be on certain people because it's just too much weighty of a burden. Right. right? You said like in a bigger church, like how is one person or one family supposed to connect with everybody? Mm -hmm. And you said too, then what happens if there's any kind of like, oh, that person's just not my jam or not jiving or whatever. So I love Mm -hmm. that 
yeah, we are a community and a body for a reason and to remind ourselves of that. And yeah, I pray our listener, all of our listeners are encouraged. And yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening. And thank you so much, Bobby. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That is our episode for today. We want to thank you for listening. If you have any topic ideas you'd like us to cover, please send us an email to office at gpalliance.ca with the subject title of women's podcast in the title there that way it gets to me that would be great we would love to hear any of your ideas lastly we're trying to reach as many listeners as we can in hopes of growing the kingdom of god whether you tell someone in person about the podcast or leave us a review on your podcast app of choice we would so appreciate it those things really help people find us may the lord bless you and keep you dear friends and until next time god bless